Good afternoon, everybody. Bringing up palms. And here we go. Welcome to what are we? Wednesday. We're Wednesday, midweek, and the sun, the sun is still shining. And welcome back to the BBO show. It is hot, hot, hot here. Although I was looking, I've got all of the kind of places I used to live on my iPhone, so I can swipe through. Beijing's about 10 degrees hotter than here, 10 degrees centigrade. So. Yeah, this is this is nice and cool here in London. This is nice and cool, yeah. But, China. but for us, it, it, UK folk, it is like seriously warm. Yeah, when we hit thirty degrees, it's game over for us. Yeah, it's thirty-one degrees in Beijing. I didn't even look at Ho Chi Minh City, where I also used to live. I'm sure it's obscenely hot there. <laughs> That's a, that is uh, amazing. And and Carl, no doubt you'll share little bits and snippets of your journey around the world as well at some point of the BBO show. But we, but for now. We've got to get focused because we are helping you build this week a sales landing page. And that's the focus this week. Now, yesterday, we very much spoke about, or two days ago, we spoke about why we need a sales page. And we compared a sales page against a website. That was Monday. Now, you're with us on that and you agree that we need a sales page and why it's important. And if you hadn't agreed on that by Monday, the end of Monday's show, Definitely by the end of yesterday's show on Tuesday, you will 100% have agreed with us because we had shown you three examples. One, uh, one was off monday.com, the second was Airbnb, and the third was American Express. And we showed you exactly how powerful two good sales pages can be, that being monday.com and Airbnb. And an example of one that's not so great, especially for the size of the brand and the problem it's supposed to be solving in terms of American Express. Now, by comparing two, it's a lot easier for you, the watcher, the listener of the BBO show, to really understand what a good sales page or good sales landing page looks like and should be. And as promised, we said Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're now going to be talking to you about how do you actually go ahead and build this critical sales landing page. And that's exactly what we'll be doing today, starting with a particular important topic which is such a unique skill to develop over time but we're going to try compress that skill for you in this hour that you spend with us uh, so carl over to you what are we sharing with the listeners today sure so over the next couple of days we will be showing you how to create a sales page before we dive into these specific elements um, that we're going to be covering i just want to again ground us on the fact that again the first thing we need to do is recognize that somebody's come to our page because they have a problem um, and we need to give them a solution. Our product or our service is the solution to their problem. We have to come back to this again and again and again. Otherwise, it's very easy to become unmoored and kind of float around. Um, imagine an astronaut on the side of the space station and he's no longer tethered and he's flown off into space. We need to avoid that happening. We need laser light focus. Somebody's come to our web page because they have a problem. Our product or our service is the solution to that problem. We use the sales page to convince them of this fact. That's it. The sales page is all about this. Everything's directed towards this one goal. You have a problem, I have the solution. Absolutely. So how, you know, if that's, that's the sales page itself, and what's, what's the next step in regards to we know what their problem is and we understand that when they land on our page we should be providing them a solution not like american express and providing them so much 
an overwhelming amount of information. We want to get them on one pathway in order to solve their problem. And how, how and how do we best do that? And we gave them an example of this yesterday. So just 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 I'm just doing a bit of Q and A before mm. before we dive into the actual meat of it um, today. So what people tend to do is as soon as you land on a web page, the business tends to just yell at you about their solution. They're like, here's the product, here's the service, here's what you, you know, you have to sign up right now. Uh, that tends to be what businesses do. That's not really the way to do it. We are going to start the page talking about the problem. And we're going to hook in the visitor first. That's what we're talking about today. It's going to be specifically the headline, which is the text at the top of the page that you see and it grabs you when you first uh, enter the page, followed by the subheadlines, which are the smaller um, headlines underneath the main headline, and then a bit of text to draw people in um, to address the visitor's problem directly and reel them in so that they start working their way down the page. That's going to be the focus of today. Great. And then what we can do tomorrow is we can now start, now we've grabbed the people's attention. So the visitor who lands on the site, we've grabbed their attention, we've hooked their attention. They now know that. Their problem is aligned with the solution on this page. That's, that's another way to think about it. So they know that they're in the right place. That's critical. We need to tell them and show them very quickly using the headline uh, and things we're going to cover today that they are in the right place. Then tomorrow we can start to present them with the solution um, in more detail. So that's the key. So today we're focusing on hooking them and hooking them in place. So how, how are we going to be doing this? Well, the focus is going to be on the headline the subheadline and a bit of additional text in which adds a bit more context to us, the problem, the solution. So we're going to be doing that by focusing on this term, which is called copy, C-O-P-Y. And it's very common and familiar in the marketing world and the sales world. But when somebody says copy to somebody outside this realm, even to a business owner, it can it can sort of, it's one of those words where you say, yeah, 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 copy, yeah, absolutely, yeah, but you actually don't know what it means. So what is copy, what does that, what does copy mean? What is it short for? Sure, copy is just short for copywriting. That's it. And it is the text that we use to get somebody on board with whatever it is we're trying to um, get them to do. In this particular case, it is selling. So it's persuasive text um, on a sales page to help people move towards a sale. Um, probably the easiest way to think about this, if you've ever seen Mad Men, um, then you know what a copywriter is. They are the people in charge of the text, the the headline, the hook, the, the kind of uh, the catchphrase or the tagline that draws people in, whether they're selling, uh, what do they sell in Mad Men? Cigarettes. They seem to sell cigarettes. Cigarettes and alcohol or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Not what we're working on, but um, <laughs> yeah, cigarettes. So Don Draper, um, the main character in Mad Men, he is mainly a copywriter. He is mainly in charge of that um, kind of that killer sentence that really sells a product. He doesn't do so much of the design. He has other people who do the design for him that fits around whatever copy he's written, whatever words, uh, turn of phrase, catch, catchphrase or tagline. That comes first. That is the copy or the copywriting. Yeah, and copywriting and writing copy is an incredible skill to master. It's, it's a skill set of hooking somebody, being persuasive, letting them know they're in the right place immediately, being memorable, staying in their mind. Like it encapsulates so much. And that series Mad Men is from a time where copywriters were marketing gods. And it still is the case, but now it's like 
they're just sort of hidden away in a cupboard or they're hidden away in, in a corporation. And often many copywriters are so skilled that they can literally set up their own campaigns. So it's a great skill to have. And what we're going to try to do is try to compress this by giving you lots of different variations and examples so you can get going with it. Now, um, another way to really understand and learn about copy is to read a very short read, a quick book to get hold of. Uh, you can download it on Kim, Kindle, Amazon. It is a book called The Boron Letters. So this is a person who's who could be a Don Draper in his realm and his world. Uh, but that gives you an idea, another example of what we're talking about today. It's a very quick read. Can you spell that for people because it's not... Yeah, so B-O-R-O-N and then letters. And the book cover is black, born letters, and it's a it's a great copywriter writing to his sons from prison. So he's just imparting his copywriting wisdom on them. And it's very much in the direct sales, direct marketing realm. So the copywriting and the tactics behind it are so fundamental to things that we are talking about today. And it will just open up this door a bit greater for you. Now, what's sorry, go for That was very interesting what you just said. Now, we don't think about the copywriters quite as much. Um, that's because increasingly, especially online, everything tends to be very visual. Um, so some people might be thinking, well, wh why, are we, why are we focusing so much on copy? Why are we focusing so much on the text here? Instead of, you know, I want to make a beautiful looking page. It's because the design of the page is going to depend on our copy. The copy comes first. So this is really important point you're making Carl so just just clarify that just um because this is a we see this happen the wrong way around uh, far too often and even when we work with clients we see this the wrong way around because what happens is somebody gives us the design first and says now can you write copy and it doesn't quite work that way if you want the best kind of marketing material we see this in b2b a lot especially um industries like just trying to think of uh, like accountants or engineers or kind of professional industries yeah, generally they have very professional looking websites they look absolutely great they've got good images nice clean design but then when you actually sit down and read what they've written there it's just so dull like <laughs> nothing is said it's the copy is extremely boring extremely generic and you can tell with those kind of websites oh they've started making it look really professional and lovely and that it looks great but then as soon as you start reading, it's like, oh, my God, like it's there is nothing of interest to read. Um, so many people do this. They start with the design first. And American then Express. Words. Yeah, American <laughs> Express. Whereas, think of um, we talked briefly about MasterCard yesterday. MasterCard came from the different direction. They have the great copy, which is um, some things money can't buy for everything else is MasterCard. That is a piece of copy from which you can hang multiple campaigns um, all your images all your videos all your web design can can um, hang on to that core that core concept which is written in the copy that gives you so much more um, so much more to work with than if they've just designed a you know pretty looking website and then thought what, what should we write about mastercard oh mastercard uh, credit cards for everyone like <laughs> that gives you nothing but that's how amex went with it they they the title of their website yesterday we looked at was what was it it was just american express american credit cards american express credit cards that was it that was their big hook well yeah obviously so and then, and another way uh, so i was going to say another way to think about this just to understand design and copy and which leads is you wouldn't put you wouldn't decide on a picture first and then try to write a headline off the back of the picture 
Instead, you'd write the headline and then the picture will just enhance what the headline is saying. And it's, it's verb, that's the order. So if you want another way to think about, because design is such a abstract, sometimes intangible thing to understand because there's landing pages, colors, fonts, um, the look and feel of a page. But a really good way to understand it is the image, visually what somebody sees is driven from the copy because uh, that will define things. And there's a, if I remember throughout this week, I'll grab one of these books there, which is, is, is an incredible uh, illustration of the copy dictating the design, not the design dictating the copy. That's not how you're going to get impact. And you can look at the examples of sales pages yesterday to really understand that as well. So what we're doing is we're starting with copy. Um, so what's the next step? What's the next step of the process now? Sure. Because we're starting with copy, at the end of the next couple of days, you are going to have lots of writing. It's not going to look like a website, but it's going to be the skeleton of a website. And we'll show you how to get that converted. Um, the design elements are relatively simple once you have the copy written. Mm. So specifically, um, over today, we're going to be starting with hooking in the visitor uh, with our copy. So we are going to be covering the following. First up, the header area. This is the top of the page. The first thing you see, this part needs to kill. You need to get people and they see this header and they're like, wow, I want to know more. And they want to scroll down the page and see the rest. If you can't get them here, you're going to lose them immediately. So we're going to spend a disproportionate amount of time on what is a relatively small part of the page. Uh, in particular, it's yeah. the headline. So that's going to be the main title text, the headline. And then we're going to look at the subheadline. These are the big elements of the header. Great. So if you think about my screen here as your sales page, right at the top is when somebody lands on the page, this is the first thing they will see. So in part one of this today's show, we're going to be looking at the header and the subheader. Yep. And that's the first part. Then the next thing we want to start covering with you is your introduction, um, your context, um, how you get across what this page is about. Um, with, and this will essentially have a bit more text. So this will be the introduction, which follows the header and subheading. So there's two parts to today's show is nailing that first thing people see and then starting to work down the sales page and build out all of the elements and components. And the way we'll do that is in part two, which is when we discuss introduction. And within introduction, we'll be talking about uh, how do you how do you create an introduction in, by including three core points. Uh, four point, uh, four point, four core points, which is the problem statement, establishing empathy with the person reading your copy, a change statement, so making them move towards making a change, and then finally the reveal, which is the product, which we said we'll start to de delve in tomorrow, where we start to present them with a solution. The solution is your product slash service slash whatever it is you're offering. So great. Now, the way we thought we'll do this is by uh, working through a live example with you. So we're going to take one company, one topic. Yes, it may exist, may not exist, but the idea is to aid the learning by following along rather than give you an abstract headline. We'll use an actual company, a niche market to uh, present an example for you. So Carl, what is that live example? Now let's dive into creating the headline. Sure. So we're going to be using a generic example here of a wine subscription box. Um, props to my girlfriend for coming up with this idea. I was sitting there on the couch like, oh, what business should I do? She's I loved like, it when I saw the notes. Yeah. Yeah. Wine subscription box. 
nice thing to do. So uh, basically a generic wine delivery service. Uh, there's plenty of them out there already. We're not going to be talking about a particular one. Um, but instead, if we were setting up a wine subscription company, these are the kind of headlines, these are the kind of copy that we would write for that subscription. You can do this with any business. So any business can go through this process. We are just choosing this um, so that you have, so that we can actually use uh, real words instead of us saying blah, 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 or <laughs> filling in the blanks. Exactly. So what you may see me and Carl do, especially in today's show, is look, we have a very rough, format for the show we have like a handful of bullet points so often we can maintain eye contact with you on the screen but here we're looking at lots of different headlines and they've been written by hand by carl who's prepared this so he's copy written these headlines himself you make it sound like i spent a lot of time doing this these are just off the top of my head um, of course but, but we've been doing this for a long time i'm expecting you to come up with some on the fly as well okay this is something i do enjoy copywriting but <laughs> What we may be doing is looking down at the notes. So you, you'll see us lose eye contact. We'll be looking down at the notes just to reference these headlines for you. So uh, we've got, a, we got a, a beefed up version of the notes today because there's lots of headline examples to share with you, which meet different criteria. And that's a powerful thing. So the, the headline is not the most important thing to take uh, be aware of today. It's actually the uh, principle behind the headline. What is, what is this headline? Uh, what's the methodology behind it, the principle behind it, and that will give you a great introduction to this headline. Then you can go ahead and write lots of headlines yourself off the back of this. So like always, like anything we talk about in the BBO show, we're starting with solving the customer's problem. And that helps if we have a problem statement to work with. So looking at the notes now, the problem statement we're going to be working with today, which is a fantastic example, uh, a wine subscription box, which is almost so relevant based on what's happening out there in the world right now. A wine subscription box is probably most people's savior right now. So that those businesses are probably doing well. So if somebody is a wine company, if you watch today's show, there's no doubt you're going to be able to transform your sales page off the back of this. So what's the problem statement we're focusing on? This is the narrow problem statement. And that is, I want a good quality wine regularly without spending fortune so that's the core problem statement what how else can we present this i mean it, people's reason for wanting to subscribe to a wine subscription box could be many different things so it could be a problem like i want to seem fancy with my new posh friends or i'm trying to learn about wine and i need a greater variety i need different wines each month um there will be different problems people will come to your web page with different needs different requirements the one we're going to be focusing on though is just a nice general broad one i want good quality wine regularly without spending a fortune yeah and and what we're doing here is we're narrowing down and yes our headline could include everybody of course it could but we're focusing on the main problem that we want to solve um and that's essentially here i want good quality wine regularly without spending a fortune this is the result our visitor wants so this is a result and the solution that we're going to present them here and this is kind of stuff that you would have discovered during the business and the audience section of the baton model. Um, by communicating with uh, real audience members, you would have started to uncover these kind of requirements. Yeah, absolutely. So now uh, refocusing ourselves, let's dive in to the header. Remember, this is the landing page here. The header sits at the top of the page. It's critical. It's the big component because it's the first thing somebody sees. 
If you don't capture their attention or solve their problem within one headline statement and the copywriting is not spot on and it doesn't distract them, it doesn't say, you know, oh, you want to appear fancy in front of your friends and check out this wine. Like, that's not the focus here. We want to grab their attention because if we don't, they're not going to scroll down the page. They may have a little flick down the page, but they're not going to be, they're, they're not going to be reading anything. They're not going to be engaging. Most likely outcome is they just leave the page fairly immediately. So that's the outcome. So this is incredibly important uh, to nail and time and effort spent here will be rewarded. Yeah, we call that a bounce. When somebody lands on the page and they don't even engage with it and bounces tend to be massively high. Like an 80% bounce rate is not unusual. Somebody literally goes to a page like, nope, and they go back or they just leave the page. Um, yeah. Online is extremely common. So, so if you think, Carl Harms, why are you spending almost uh, over 50% on the show on just the headline copy? It's that important because if somebody bounces, look, we can spend all day on the other parts, but if nobody even wants to come and scroll and have a look at the other components or elements of the landing page, then we've lost. We've lost the game there. So we want to focus on this uh, headline. There is a second reason why we're focusing so much here as well is because it is the first piece of copy on our page. So we can start to talk about copywriting as a skill in general. So if you can nail um, copywriting in your title, that's a transferable skill to the rest of your page. Um, so the lessons from this section will be applicable for the rest of the page as well. Absolutely. So let's now ask the important question, which is what makes a good headline? So here's some, we're going to share with you some quick tips that uh, lay the foundation for all of the headlines and that we're going to share with you going forward in this show. So the first, and it, okay, Carl, if I take the first three points, can you take the next three points? Sure. Great. Yeah. So the first three points is uh, what makes a good headline? The first thing, it has to be personal. You have to be talking to you. And by what I mean by you is the person, the visitor who's got the problem, who's landing your page. That's number one, personal. Number two, what makes a good headline is it needs to be specific. We can't be trying to solve all 10 of their problems, plus change their kids' nappy, plus make sure the husband or the wife buys the milk when they come home. We're not solving all of their problems. We want to get specific and we want to focus on their exact problem. And we'll be presenting that to you in the, in the case study of the wine subscription box as we go to do today. And the next one, is we want to include a level of emotion. So a great headline invokes emotion. Uh, what does their problem make them feel? Getting closer to the solution, how do they feel closer? Uh, now they're getting closer to the solution, having landed on your page. What emotions does our product, service, problem, solution evoke in them? So that's the first three things that make up a great headline. Carl, over to you. So related to the emotional responses, the fourth uh, thing we can include in our headline, which are strong words. I'm going to call them strong words. They are certain words that are more emotional. They, they cause a more visceral response from people. So you wouldn't use a word like like um, when you can use a word like love. Um, love is a much stronger word. And if it's a toss up between the two, using the word like or love, you'd always go with love. Um, and there are certain words that will always be more powerful, more emotive. Uh, just before we move on to the next one, um, there's a, uh, a chart, and I can't remember the name, but just Google it. And there's certain words which have a high frequency and a low vibrational frequency. Uh, love is one of those high frequency words, whereas like will be sitting somewhere, it's a neutral word. So think of a word like, like as in being neutral. Think of love 
joy, pleasure as a high frequency word, and then you've got low frequency words, which is like hate. Whereas the opposite of that would be dislike or hate, envy. Um, those are the kind of low frequency words. In the middle are neutral words. In our headline, we want to avoid these neutral words. They're just like, meh, like words like nice. <laughs> like, uh, would you like a nice box of wine? Yeah, how uh, was it? Bit. Okay. It's nice. It was, yeah. Okay, would you like an okay box of wine? Avoid neutral words. So calm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, then the fifth thing is surprise. People are busy. We want to hook them really quickly using this headline. Um, so yes, we want to be specific, emotional, personal, strong words, etc. But if you can also surprise people, if you can make them kind of double take, like, oh, wow, okay, we are much more likely to be able to bring them down the page towards our solution to their particular problem. The sixth and final one is anticipation. This is um, connected to the fact that the title is a hook. We are hooking them using the title, using the head of the page, but then we want them to learn more. It's no good to hook them and then for them to lose interest immediately and leave the page. We need them to be scrolling down, going towards our solution because they're anticipating something. Um, they are anticipating a, uh, a fix to their problem. Mm, absolutely. And that then captures the core elements of making a good headline. Now, here's a question, Carl. Do, does the listener or do we have to include all of these elements as part of a good headline? I mean, you can try. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> but no, you don't. Yeah, um, and, and also if you do it, it, it creates an overkill. It's like, well, this is, this is really OTT headline. What's going on here? Yeah, so this is always a problem with copywriting that sometimes it becomes a checkbox activity and people are like, well, okay, I need an emotional word. I need to surprise them. I need to do this. And you go through it and you end up with something that is a bit bloated. Um, we do need something that is also concise. Maybe we should add that as well. We need, that's part of the the hook is mm. people need to be able to get the idea okay so i'm, I'm adding to our notes so yeah, if we ever do this topic or teach people in the future concise i've got to be able to spell that concise is the key here not being ott so thanks for bearing with your updating our notes as we as we teach this session so so let's let's now dive into actually going ahead and writing some headlines mm -hmm. headlines come and can come in a variety of flavors. As you can see, they're made up of all of these great components which make a good headline. You don't have to choose all of them. You can select two or three, you can, select, you can just focus on one, and if it takes one item, then you could have a strong headline. And you'll really know once you write a handful down. So if you're following along today, you may want to watch this back, or watch it back as a recording pause, or take the lessons, and one of the things that you're going to probably take away and hopefully take away is this isn't just a i'm just going to write one headline and i'm done often you have to work through 10 20 50 100 different headlines and remember this is your sales landing page um, and then we're also going to add a caveat to this but we'll explain that later yep. so just explore a handful of headlines and then you'll start one or two will pop out on the page and be like okay that's the headline it'll be so obvious to you as well once you work through this um, and think about the other final thing is to just think about your own business. Mm -hmm. So try not to think, okay, Hans and Carla are only talking about a wine business. This does not apply to me. Put this in the context of your own business and you're going to get so much out of today's show. Yep. And so if you are not watching this live, maybe pause um, after we talk about a type of headline 
uh, have a sip of the wine that you're probably drinking by now after we talk about wine so much and then write down a couple of examples of the headline that's kind of the best way to learn copywriting is to practice um, and you want uh, we alluded to this already you want as many as possible because Absolutely. we will later filter through them and we can test them um, but we'll talk about that later great so we've got about eight eight or so different forms of headline and the way we're going to present them to you so you don't get lost is we're just going to go through them in order but we're going to give you the kind of headline this is what type of headline this is and give you an example then we're going to move on to the next kind and give you an example if you prefer this in written content as always on bbo.show the show notes will be there and there'll be a full transcript of what me and Carla are talking about so you can listen absorb it and then look at the written version of this uh, when you hit the show notes so let's kick off with the first one Carl. all right so the first one's probably the easiest it's direct if we know their problem statement we could just slap that at the top of the page so we know the problem statement is um i want good quality wine regularly without spending a fortune what if as the headline we just put good quality wine regularly without spending a fortune that is perfectly valid uh, airbnb we looked at yesterday did this their headline was earn money as an airbnb host that's it very direct very on the nose but powerful this requires you to know their problem statement, but if you've spent all um, this time researching and working out that problem statement, this can work really well. Mm, absolutely. So that's the first one. The second one, and I did say we're going to fly through these. So the second one is, now we can adjust the direct nature of the statement and turn the statement into a question. And a question has a very powerful effect. Mm. So just listen to me changing this Carl statement into a question. And I'm reading off the notes here. Um, want good quality wine regularly without spending a fortune? So now that becomes a question. So what we're doing is we're, uh, a question is so powerful because psychologically, it's as if you're having a conversation. And if you ask a question that matches the problem of the visitor, which you know what is what we're expecting because we've got them this far to hit the sales landing page, they are psychologically opened a loop. And... Uh, they will want to know the answer. So when you open the loop, the only way for them to psychologically close it is when they know the answer. And guess what? The answer is on your page. And the true answer is by, uh, the true way to close the loop and to answer the question is by actually purchasing the product. So it's a very powerful mechanism. Um, so that's number two. So number three is to really focus in on the problem. So a problem-focused headline. Uh, for example, sick of spending a fortune on wine, question again, or hate how much you're spending on wine. These are really nailing in on the problem that people have. In this case, it's I'm spending too much money to get the good wine. Um, negative can work here, but there's always a risk that you'll turn off the visitor if you go too negative. Um, it's the use of powerful words. And as Hamid has said, we have love at one end of the um, kind of high frequency, but we also have hate, which is, again, it's an emotionally powerful word, but it's a very different energy to love. Um, so you have to be careful here um, because it is powerful, but that power can backfire. Hmm. Absolutely. So the next one is we can focus on their solution directly, but without giving away the solution yet. So we create a bit of mystery. So we could also talk about, we could also title this one, a solution with a hint of mystery. And let me give you an example here, is how to keep your wine cupboard stocked 
without spending a fortune. That's pretty powerful. So what we're doing is we're giving them the solution, which is how to keep the wine cupboard stocked without spending a fortune. But this actual what what the actual solution is is a complete mystery. So it's a very powerful one that one. So that's that's number four. That's number four. Oh, I've got the numbers wrong. Okay, so would you look at three? That's all right. So number five. Is that right? Yeah, number five. Yes, officially number five. Yes. All the numbers. I just lost myself totally. So we are now here. Okay. So number five is similar to providing a solution, but it's using a bold promise. It's more intense, more uh, emotional, a stronger version of the solution. So it could be something like the only wine delivery service you'll ever need. So only there is the powerful part. Finally, wine delivery sorted. So that's saying we've got the solution. You don't need to worry about this anymore or never shop for wine again. So in each of those, we had a very, um, a very definite word of a bold statement only finally and never. These are again, very strong words. Um, and this gives us a way to say we have the solution. You don't need to worry ever again, um, because we're here. Mm, bold promise. That's a great one. Okay. So number five, I'm going to do a caveat on number four. You've got to keep the promise. That's always a big one. So if you can keep it, make it as bold as possible. So number number six, I can't. I don't, uh, we're, we're just now we've got to we've got to think ahead of ourselves now. So number six is a focus on ease, creating ease, convenience, and speed for the customer. So think of your customer as lazy and in a good way because look, they work hard for their money and. As part of spending that money, they want convenience, ease, and they don't want to waste time on certain things like going to the shop every month and trying to work out which is the best wine. So it's laziness in a respectful way. So a headline which suits this is getting a killer wine collection has never been as easy as this. Uh, I've got some cool sub uh, sub getting into the sub headlines, but another version of this is become a wine cult. How do I say this word? Become a wine, <laughs> become a wine aficionado overnight. <laughs> become, become a wine expert overnight become a wine aficionado overnight so okay look i'm i'm my vocabulary is limited so you've got to also think about who is your customer will they know aficionado mm-hmm. what that is will they will they feel uncomfortable if they can't say it and say this is too fancy for me or are they like harms and only understanding words like expert so become a wine aficionado overnight that's great and another cool one, which may actually appeal to somebody like me, is the fastest way to become a wine snob. Great. So we're hitting ease, speed, um, and uh, sort of highlighting again the solution. Very powerful. Yeah. Okay. The next one, number seven, is focusing on cost. Now, this will depend on your business plan and how you structure business, um, but it's also a very direct way. And it's great if people are already ready to buy, you're just pushing them over the edge. You're just completing your sale. Um, so we might have something like wine subscription, buy one month, get second month free, direct. Um, people know they're saving some money. Or buy five bottles for one free bottle. Again, direct, you are saving some money. Or limited offer, say 50%. These all work. You'll see a lot of these um, in promotional, well, in any promotional copy. Price is something that people worry about, and it is one way to approach uh, your headline for sure. Yeah, that's a great one, cost. Okay, so number eight is we can focus on, uh, again, a form of demystic, a, a, a form of mystic 
uh, mystique um, and focus on a secret. So thinking about presenting the headline as a secret and getting ahead of other people by using this secret. So a great website which comes to mind is, although I've never stayed in a hotel there, the appeal is incredible. And that's secretescapes.com. I mean, they've got it in the name. It's like escape somewhere secret, which others can't get to. And it's very, very powerful. So the headlines we'll use in an application to the wine uh, problem we're solving today is the secret to, and that's the phrase, right? The secret to, that's the one you need to really ensure you include here. The secret to an interesting wine collection on a budget. That's really cool. And another way to present that starting phrase is don't tell your friends how you got these great wines. Now that's really cool, especially if it's if you've got a social crowd, if you've got um, and you've got these wines on subscription coming in, and they ask you, you know, you ask you questions, you can play along and keep it a secret, just like the way Secret Escapes um, promotes as well. So that's that's another version of a headline you can use. And the final one, number nine, are weird headlines. So we're really going in all in on curiosity, on making people think, what, what is this? Uh, I want to read more. So we could have something like, why our wine is like Celine Dion. So you read that, you're like, what? And so you have to go through the rest of the page to get the answer. Um, why your local sommelier hates our wine subscription boxes. So what, what's he got against it? You want to know and you again read. Uh, why your face is like a bunch of grapes, stuff like that. It can just be silly. It can be weird. Um, but the main thing is you hook people in and they want to continue to read um, in order to find out what on earth is going on. The trick with these is it needs to have a payoff. You cannot have your headline as why our wine is like Celine Dion and then not mention it for the rest of the page. Um, that's a bit too weird. So think of this like a joke. You need a setup and a punchline um, for it to really to really pay off. Hmm, absolutely so you got there i mean seriously you've got so many different versions of a headline that you can kind of work with and play with have fun with and it is fun but what i'll say is kudos to carl for putting these together because some of these sh should be used by wine subscription services they're cracking um so let's just take a pause for a moment there's lots of headlines here hopefully you've been writing them down but remember the main thing is not necessarily the headline itself but the version of the headline what kind of headline is this? The example is just to prompt you in regards to writing this headline for your business specifically. So that's the purpose of this. And like we said at the start, more headlines, the better, because it's the practice process. This is trying to find that headline that jumps out from the page. So don't just write one headline and just run with it and say, yep, yeah, this is really just good, good to go on the sales page. Even good copywriters would tell you that they have to work through 50, 100, 150 different headlines before they get that one that is right. Now, we'll, th this part is important, but Carl, there's another approach or understanding that people should be aware of with headlines, which we can really leverage using online business, digital marketing, online tactics and tools, uh, which, which almost negates what I've just said as well. Almost just said, actually, that's true, but not as true anymore. So... Online, in particular, we have the great luxury that we can run more than one version of our web page at a time. We can have, for example, two versions of our sales page, both running at the same time. And let's say 100 people come to our website, 50 of them go to this sales page, 50 of them go to this sales page. We can split the traffic. 
we can show people different versions. So we use this to do something called split testing, where we can change elements on the page and see which page performs better, which page causes more purchases. So we can change, we can automatically test all of our headlines against each other and see which of the headlines, even if we have 20, 30, 40, 100 of them, we can test them all eventually to see which one causes the most purchases, which one causes the most action from our customer. So this is why we want as many as possible, so we can then rely on certain tools to do split testing. And instead of us relying on our opinion, like, oh, this is a really great headline, we're relying on the action of our visitors, which which headlines do they respond to? So it's not about us, it's about what they respond to, which ultimately is all that matters. Yeah, and that concept we will cover on Friday in more yeah. detail um, because it is an important concept. And now we've actually worked this through and thought about this. This may be why the Don Drapers uh, don't necessarily have the same celebrity limelight that they may have had and the same prestige they may have had because now online marketers can run 10 headlines and see which one works the best. Yeah, and, and then show Don Draper, oh, actually, no, yours came in six, so yeah, we're going to so, go with the one who came, that came in first. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, and that, and that was not somebody who is in a corner office. It was actually the other guy who's just brand new to the field. But again, it's just data-driven, so it's, we, we take out that that allure, that, um, that bias away from it. So hopefully that helps. So there's two things to consider there with a the headline. Get lots of practice, write lots but then also consider testing. So lots of different versions there. Now, the next thing we want to uh, cover with you is the sub-headline. Remember, we're still in that top part of the landing page, and we want to cover with you sub-headline. Now, the way to think about a sub-headline is it is optional, and the purpose of it is to supplement. It's to um, enhance the headline, not to act as another headline, which is a common mistake people make. They have two headlines on their start, which which can be confusing, which can, uh, if you know, you having having two bold statements is actually way too much for somebody to digest in that that's small what, space. That's what Monday.com from yesterday looked like. It looked like they just had two headlines and they yeah. were just trying out different things to see what fitted, um, but they kind of clashed with each other. Mm. Yeah, and the reality is they could have been split testing. They could have been split testing against us when we was looking at that. So we could go on it in a different part of the world and potentially see a different headline. But let's stay focused uh, because there's lots of cool things that we can do with this. So think of the sub uh, subheadline as generally something which is a bit longer than the headline. Again, that's optional; it doesn't have to be. But the main purpose of the subheadline, like I've said, is to complement the headline, but really to provide some additional context uh, so that the visitor can very much understand what this page is about, what the product is about, and what they're really going to achieve as a result on this page. So context is the word to underline there because context is what we're going to get across in the sub-headline. So again here, we can get really creative. We can go through all these different ways to write a sub-headline. Um, but the main purpose, as Hans just said, is to provide context. We have the main headline that hooks people. Now we're saying, okay, we've got your attention. Here's what you need to know. We're going to start introducing uh, what we're going to be talking about. So because of this, um, uh, I was writing subheadlines yesterday, and I think it's just a lot easier to give you a formula, um, a basic formula that we use um, as a basic subheadline a lot, which is what the product is, the main benefit, and the main call to action. So mm. um, 
We're going to talk about benefits and main call to action tomorrow. So we'll loop back around to what exactly these are. But an example for... Uh, Do you want to just repeat that again? So, so we're talking about a formula yep. um, because there's three components to the formula which will equal the subheadline. So I just want to repeat that one more time. Sure. So I think it's easiest through a uh, through an example. But the three are going to be what the product is. That's number one. The main benefit. What's the benefit to you, the customer, um, of buying my product? And then the main call to action. What do you need to do right now um, to move towards having my product, to move towards the result you want, to move towards having your problem solved. Um, so in the example of wine delivery, what the product is, wine delivered to your door, what the benefit is without costing a fortune, and the main call to action, sign up now. So altogether, that would be wine delivered to your door without costing a fortune, sign up now. Dum, 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 dum. That's a nice uh, basic formula, formula that works. Um, for most subheadlines. Yeah, so that, in that example, we've got wine delivered to your door. That's what the product is. The main benefit is without costing a fortune. So that's the main benefit captured here. And then the call to action is sign up now. So that's that's a, a very, very powerful formula. So you think of, think of just using that as part of your subheadline to get going, to get started with. You can absolutely get creative, but I would say at this point, nail your headline first using testing um, so that you know what your headline is then you can start to play around with the subheadline. for now having this basic formula is more than enough this is a solid uh, and a solid headline subheadline that we know already works yeah and that's it so that's it for this first part of your sales landing page you've got a quality headline you've got lots of different versions in which to go ahead and create your headline and you've also got the formula to go ahead and create your sub-headline. Now let's talk about the second part um, of your sales landing page that we will be discussing. And that is the introduction, but also can be referred to as directly addressing the visitor. You know, directly addressing their problem and starting to introduce the solution. So it's an introduction in the simple form. So you can call it an introduction, but essentially we want to be directly addressing somebody here. So after the header, that first section, we want to directly address the, the visitor to the page. And the good thing about this, the cool thing is, we can add some more words here. It can be wordy because what we're trying to do is get a message across now. Um, now we've got them past this, we've got them hooked, we've got their attention, now we want to give them some more information. So what's the, what's the next stages for this? Sure, so the direct address is going to be more like a traditional sales letter. Um, we are talking to them directly. Um, if you've got any experience with direct marketing, you'll know about sales letters. If not, don't worry too much. On a website, this, this text will tend to be broken up. Um, so there might be some images, there might be a picture of you, for example. It depends on um, the type of design that goes into the website. But the basic purpose of this text is to go from the hook and go from the subheadline into directly addressing the person who's on your website and their problem right now and moving them towards your solution. Absolutely. And there's four basic elements to this introduction. So like everything on the BBO show, we're almost condensing things from all, all books and experience and working with clients and uh, consulting. And we're just bringing it into a way that you can get started by building your own sales page. So just diving back into this now, four basic elements of this direct address. That's the name we're giving this. 
So four statements, and we'll expand on this, is number one, the problem statement. Okay, that's again, we've covered that in detail. But essentially, what is the problem that we're solving? Then establishing empathy with the visitor. You know, I understand that you are in this problem and this predicament. Next is the change statement. How can we create a change for the better to get them out of their problem? And then finally, we present them with the big reveal, which is the solution to actually allow them to officially make that change a positive change. And those are the four basic elements that we want to get across in this direct address. So like, so unlike the headline where we gave you a whole bunch of things that make up a good headline, this is the best kind of direct address includes these four elements. Whereas a headline, you can pick and choose. You don't have to choose all of those. If you do choose all of those, it's a bit overwhelming. Whereas the direct address, if you can get all four of these in, you can have a really solid direct address and really talk directly to the visitor on your page. Yeah. And the basic idea here is we're recognizing the problem that they have. We're showing them that we understand that problem. We get it. Uh, and then we're going to suggest it can change, um, it can get better, and then we're going to reveal what the steps are for making it better for solving that problem. Um, if you are a personal brand, and we talked about this during audience, I guess it would have been audience. Yes, if, audience. Yeah. If you're a personal brand, um, then you would probably make this more personal. We'd be talking about your personal story, um, and that would be part of the empathy. If you are a corporate brand, instead, you'd be talking more about your company's mission, maybe your team, why you were founded, um, that kind of spin on it. But whether you are a personal brand or a corporate brand, this basic um, four-part process is going to be the same. So again, it's a problem statement, empathy, change is possible, and then revealing the product or the service. Great. So what we've done, just like the first section, is we've turned this, using the wine example, yeah, wine company and turn this into actual examples that you can use, which give you an insight to the problem, empathy, change, and the big reveal. So um, let's take in turns, Carl. If I start with the problem, yep. um, maybe we just work it, work it in turn. So the four basic elements. The first one is problem. And again, I'm referring to the notes here because we've, we've, we've scripted this out for you so you've got a real concise example to use. So the problem is finding great new wine is hard finding great new wine every month is even harder and finding great new wine every month without breaking the bank is impossible i'll tell you what carl these are really good headlines so yeah that's the problem so what we're doing is we're really identifying the problem um, and we're just making a statement and we're saying this is the problem you have and the visitor will be like actually yeah Finding a great new wine is hard. Finding it every month is harder. And then a new uh, every month without breaking the bank. Okay, yeah, that is the problem I have. Um, and I'm reading that thinking, actually, that might be the problem I have. So the next thing is empathy. Harms is sitting here nodding his head um, with each of those statements. If you have somebody reading your copy and nodding their head at home, your quid's in. You've done it. Sold. Good job. Um, <laughs> so empathy is the next part. So yeah, we've identified their problem, but we want to also show them that we get it. So um, what I've written here is, I used to spend more hours researching new wines and enjoying them. And even when I located the unique wine, it was normally out of my budget. So this is using a personal story um, to build empathy with the page visitor. 
Yeah, saying I've been there myself. I've been through that pain. Yeah. That's why I know it's a pain point. Yep. Mm. So the next one is then change. And we want to be guiding them through this change process. We want to be the people that help them through this. So here's a statement. I thought to myself how much easier it would be if a team of experts knew that I wanted to experience fantastic flavors from all around the world each month and worked with my budget. Imagine having your very own team of world level expert sommeliers sending monthly recommendations without having to worry about your bank balance. So that's now that's now gently introducing them to the solution without giving it away. We're not we're not yet saying that we are we are those people. What we're doing is we're painting a picture of change, and the word a really powerful word there in copywriting is imagine. Now the imagine allows them to paint a picture within their own mind of a team of experts who are hand selecting these wines for me and these wines are also going to be within my budget. So what we do is painting the picture of change, getting them ready for the big reveal. And the big reveal is. And that's why I set up Wine Delivery Box. I want to take our team's wine knowledge and condense it into six unique top quality bottles delivered to your door every month, especially tailored to your budget. That's reveal. That's powerful. So what I think might be useful is, what do you think, Carl? Shall I just quickly read that through? Yeah. As okay. one big statement. And and as a listener... And then we know, see the flow. Yeah, we see the flow. And as a listener, close your eyes, think about you being the customer in your shoes. And um, then head over to winedeliverybox.com. <laughs> which is a brand new company me and Carl started. <laughs> it's not. Don't worry. Don't, don't panic. I haven't picked up as a real company. We haven't, we haven't tricked you into buying our wine box subscription. Oh, God, I hope it's um, not real. Yeah, waiting 30 plus episodes to sell your wine box subscription is not the right thing to do. So there's easier ways to do that via a sales landing page. Okay, so here's the statement as one flow, which includes all of those four components. Right, finding great new wine is hard. Finding great new wine every month is even harder. And finding great new wine every month without breaking the bank is impossible. I used to spend more hours researching new wines than enjoying them. And even when I located a unique wine, it was normally out of my budget. I thought to myself how much easier it would be if a team of experts knew that I wanted to experience fantastic flavors from all around the world each month and worked with my budget. Imagine having your very own team of world-level expert sommeliers sending monthly recommendations without having to worry about your bank balance. That's why I set up Wine Delivery Box. I wanted to take our team's wine knowledge and condense it into six unique top quality bottles delivered to your door every month, especially tailored to your budget. And now you can go to winedeliverybox.com, which is a business myself and Carl set up. Just joking. That's got a great flow. God, yeah, but I'm, I'm listening to you reading. I'm already wanting to edit it. And this is how it's going to happen with you. Once you have yeah, yeah. a basic draft down, read it out loud. See how it flows, just like Hans just did. Or have someone else read it out loud. I was, in my head, there were a few words there. I was like, oh, that doesn't work um, because it doesn't flow. Um, but once you have your rough draft down, you can start making those edits. And yeah, what we do here is a basic structure around which to hang um, the rest of your content. 
Yeah, and when you think of edits, think of making it as simple as possible for somebody to read and process and digest. And by one of the ways to do that is by simplifying it. So removing unnecessary elements of whatever those components are. So, but overall, that's a great starting point. And that's what it is. It's a starting point to then refine and refine and refine. And by the time you've done five, six, 10, 15 versions of this, you'll have something which is good to go. Uh, and that's what we want to get to. And it um, does please you as well. So I just knocked that out in one go last night when I was writing up this script. That's because I've written copy before. So if you're struggling the first time, you might be thinking, this is impossible. How, how do I write about this? It's a skill that will come just practice keep writing mm. and it will come yeah and if you're anything like me you'll need to keep your phone notes or notebook handy because as you start this you're gonna the sentence will just come to your mind as you're having dinner having a run or something like that so uh, or just before you go to bed look up little don drapers <laughs> <laughs> i wish i did it at his time it would have been a lot more lucrative okay well, so only because we're guys if you're yes. if you're female not so great Awful. Go on. That wasn't us. We didn't set up those companies. Okay, so again, just to quickly summarize, we've got a problem statement. We've got empathy. You know, we know your pain. We've been there. We've got we've got the change statement, which is change is possible. And here's the picture of what change could look like. And then the big reveal, introducing your solution, which is your product and service. And you know, think of it just like how we've said it's a couple sentences for each um, of these four key elements. It can be a lot longer, um, but what I would have a look at is good sales pages. The Born Letters book is actually built from first a sales letter page, which has a headline. So it is a sales letter. That's the ethos of that book as well. So go check out that and, and um, you know dive into what sales letters looks like. But this, again, like always in the BBA show, this is a great starting point. You can use those four key elements for your formula and you'll be good to go. If you want us to look at it and you don't have anybody around you who's not necessarily aware of copywriting or maybe, because the challenge here is you're gonna show this to one person and they may be oversensitive to sales. They may not be interested in wine. They may not have the same problem that you're trying to get across to your visitor. So it becomes very difficult to have an objective opinion on this before you can actually test it online. Best place to handle that is, as always, in the Slack group where myself and Carl can quickly glance over it. And we could say, look, you're missing the empathy component. There's no big reveal. There's no official problem statement. So we can help you refine it there. That's the best place to share it with us. It could just be that you want to put it out there and get people's opinion on it who are marketers before you put it onto your sales page. So that's it. You know, that's that's handling the... Uh, direct address the introduction to the visitors on your page by taking them through this flow of copywriting material absolutely so what you've also noticed is at the end of that direct address we start to switch over from the problem which we addressed in the headline subheadline in the beginning of the introduction we've switched over into the solution we've started to reveal our product or we've started to reveal our service and most companies jump straight in with that right at the top of the page and they'll be like here's our wine subscription box and just talk about that we have instead teased it and then brought people to this point where we are now talking about the solution this is going to be the focus of tomorrow's show today was all about setting the stage getting people hooked making them know okay these guys get my problem they understand what i'm going through they know what i need 
And now we're moving over to the solution. Absolutely. So in summary, today we have focused on helping you build your very own sales landing page. And we basically started at the top of the page and we're starting to work our way down. The next phase will be tomorrow where we start to reveal your product and solution. But before a visitor can get to that, we need to hook their attention, to grab their attention, let them know they're in the right place. And that right place, and the way we, the way we let them know that is by the headline section, with a headline, subheadline, which is optional. And remember, the copy comes first before the design. And that's incredibly powerful uh, mechanism. If you just get that, then the design and copy work in harmony. Otherwise, you'll have design and the copy is just banging its head on the design and it just doesn't match. Something doesn't look or feel right on the page. And that's typically because the design came first. Then off the back of that, we're now talking to them and directly addressing their problem. We're empathizing with their problem. We're painting the picture of change and we're revealing our solution. And now we're taking them on this journey for when they're going to finally see all of our cool things, all about our product and why our product is the right one for them. And this is the time where we can present it, not the other way around. It's too soon. It's too soon to share that information with them without getting their buy-in. And that's what we've done so far. We've got their buy-in because the online world is busy. Websites are too distracting, as we know. And if we've got them this far and we've kept them on the page, we've got them interested. And if they're like me, nodding their head whilst they're reading this, this your sales copy, then we're onto a winner here. So that's it for today. Remember, off the back of every BBO show, to subscribe, to follow. Don't forget, we've got a private Slack group. You can join that. That's in the link in the description below as well. And is there anything else I want to add? If you want to listen to this audio only, we are on all of the podcast channels now, the Spotify, the Apple iTunes, and the web player. The final, final, final thing is show notes, transcription of everything we talk about, and the web player itself is at bbo.show. So you can go check that out there. That's it for ourselves today, and we shall see you tomorrow on the next show.